0: Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Marie, and thank you, uh, podcast listener audience, for joining us today. We are. This is episode one twenty eight, and uh, we are we are on uh, the the same message series that you've been having, uh, getting a grip on life. And and we are this week we're looking at attitude. So uh, by the way, if you haven't listened to Rick's message, you need to check it out. Go to roswellgrace.com forward slash watch, and uh, you'll be able to see that message. And so anyway, you know the the pot, Rick the podcast is designed to help people connect the dots of discipleship and. This past week's message was on attitude. Why is this so important right now? Why is attitude so important?
0: Well, because everybody has one. <laughs> yeah. uh, some people have good attitudes. Some uh-huh. people have bad attitudes. Oh. Some have sweet. Some have sour. Uh huh. And but you do. You think about uh, attitudes. How prevalent are attitudes? Yeah. Every, every person. Every person has an attitude. Yeah. And. Usually, you can spend about two minutes with somebody, and you can immediately get a picture of what this person's attitude is, at least today or at this moment. But here's what I've also learned, Sean. When you spend uh, additional time with someone, maybe you work with them, you live with them, a roommate, uh, a classmate, when you spend any, any period of time with somebody, you begin to pick up what their default attitude is. Hmm. And when I say default, we all know that difficulty happens. Right. Difficulty happens. There's gonna be it falls into two categories. There's difficult circumstances, there are difficult people. Mm-hmm. And those are the, the enemies of of a good attitude. Hmm. So everybody has an attitude. So the question is how do people react when a difficult circumstance or a difficult person comes into their life, they have no control over that person or mm. that circumstance. How are they going to react? That gets to the heart of attitude. Mm. Getting a grip on attitude, you see, at that point, Sean, it doesn't happen automatically. Your attitudes just don't happen. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're going to have a good attitude, it requires discipline. Uh, it requires intentionality. And you have to say, okay, when a difficult circumstance or a difficult person comes into my life and I cannot control that person or that thing, I've got to decide before it hits what my attitude will be. If not, you let difficult people or difficult circumstances take the throne of your life. right? And you say, basically, here, I would like to hand over control of my life to you. Now... That's what most people do,
1: frankly. It's true, yeah. And
0: and then they get mad at people. They get mad at circumstances. And then ultimately they get mad at God, yeah, for allowing this to happen, when really God is saying, "Why don't you adjust your attitude?" Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why attitude is so important.
1: You know, it's funny as as I was preparing for today, I I, was, I thought about that Zig Ziglar um, quote where he said, "It is your." it is your attitude not your aptitude that will decide or determine your altitude and and i thought uh, really it's it's important for the disciple of jesus to every day before the day starts say i I'm, I'm going to determine what my attitude's going to be isn't it is it absolutely yeah. yeah when
0: you wake up in the morning you determine your destination yeah where am i going to go this today and i'm yeah. talking not talking about geographical destination in my attitude, no matter what happens today, what am I going, or how am I going to react? Yeah. Am, am I going to react in a negative, pessimistic, critical, bitter, sour yeah. way? Or am I going to have a broader perspective and see it in a, in a, a different light?
1: Yeah, I, I think that it, doesn't it make sense to just to assume that if i'm going to wake up today and i'm going to go out and do my job or whatever uh, and integrate into the world i'm going to come across people with a poor attitude or they're going to be negative so and, and i like the way henry cloud puts it henry cloud says don't give them your power don't don't give them he's not trying to be metaphysical about this he's just saying don't let their bad attitude as you were just talking about affect your own and and so just know, I'm going to run into some negative people. They're going to want to try to change my agenda. I will not allow them to do that.
0: Yeah, it's like giving someone a leash that's around your neck, like a dog leash. And it's like, here, take the leash, and you can lead me today wherever you want to lead me. Yeah, That's giving up control, and and it's all about attitude.
1: Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, um, I'm going to skip just a little bit. Is Is having... Is having a joyful attitude the same as, as putting a smiling mask on and then just pretending I'm going to be happy? Is, is that what that is?
0: No, it, 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 is, it isn't a mask because joy comes from a deeper place. And we're not mm. talking about happiness, happiness that is determined by <coughs> uh, happenstance, circumstance. Yeah. Uh, joy comes from a deeper place. And you know, we uh, we journeyed through um, in the sermon. We journeyed through Paul's letter to the Philippians, mm. which is all about joy. And as you as you walk through the pages of Philippians, you can see Paul continually talks about joy and rejoicing, but it's not based upon the circumstances in his life because they were horrible mm-hmm. it wasn't because of all the wonderful people surrounding him because they weren't mm-hmm. there were some pretty difficult people that Paul was having to deal with his joy came from a secure relationship with god hmm. and because paul's joy came from that deeper place it was it was genuine yeah and it was unshakable so no person No circumstance could shake his joy because it wasn't based on them or it. It was based upon his eternal relationship with
1: God. You know, I I almost see like, I think for some of our listeners, they may have to say, I'm not going to let, I I just have to determine in the morning, I'm not going to let other people rule my agenda. I don't think Paul did that. I think that Paul had, had such a natural freedom in Christ that he... He didn't have to, have to do that. He just had it. And and uh, I, I, I wondered, does it take a while for a Christian to kind of develop that sense of easiness, that sense of um, I, I don't have to try it, it just comes naturally?
0: It does. It takes time. I know it took time in my life. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the real sign that you're not there yet is if you worry and stress all
1: mm-hmm. the time.
0: Because okay. the worrying stress is really saying, I know the Bible says God is in control, but I'm re- not ready to believe that yet. Yeah. I know God says, don't worry, don't stress, but uh, I, I'm just not sure. <laughs> Paul had gotten to the place of maturity where he really believed, you know, God's in control. Yeah. And so I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress. So he would begin his day, even like with Philippians, locked up in a Roman jail. Right where he could not get out and do what he wanted to do. And yet he said, well, God's still in control, and God can use me wherever I am. And so every day, to me, the, the key word, Sean, is settled. Hmm. His, that, that whole area of his life, that whole area of attitude, Paul had already settled that question that I'm going to trust God. I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to trust that God works in all things for good even bad things, mm-hmm. and so instead of complaining and going, why me, God? Why is this happening? I'm going to go through life saying, okay, here's my circumstance. Okay, why, God? Why are you allowing this? What are you doing in this situation? Mm-hmm. And so bitterness will close your eyes to those sovereignty moments of God, Yeah. but trusting God will open your eyes, and you'll be able to see, like Paul did, great opportunities in prison.
1: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, I mean, you, you said that even though he was in the in prison, that that he used the word joy or rejoiced, some variants of it, sixteen times in four short chapters. And yeah, you know, I, I just thought that's that's amazing. I mean, I almost get the the impression that Paul is almost silly and ridiculous in this attitude. Sorry, Paul, but he mm-hmm. admits that that he even says, "I don't care if I'm poured out like a drink offering." Uh, you know, who says that kind of stuff? He says I he said and I quote, you know, I am glad and rejoice with all of you, so you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I mean, isn't that isn't that kind of strange? How are we expected to be joyful or rejoice over the the worst of circumstances?
0: The the key word I think for me and what the Apostle Paul has taught me through his example is the word perspective? Mm. Uh, yeah, I, we talk about perspective around here at Grace a lot. Right. The word perspective literally means to see through. Mm-hmm. To see through. Normally, what we do with difficult people, difficult circumstances, we don't look through; we look at. Right. All the difference in the world. If you look at it, it will control you. But Paul had the ability to have perspective. Paul could see through the immediate. And see the eternal. Hmm. And when you really, for Paul, and and all of us need to learn this, when you know heaven is the ultimate destination, it just changes everything. Yeah. Now, if you look at a circumstance, it it restricts, it confines, and it controls. Mm -hmm. But if you have perspective and you say, okay, this is what I'm going through right now, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and what's the worst thing that can happen? Okay, if this thing kills me, I die and go to heaven. And that was <laughs> Paul's perspective. Yeah, Philippians, I believe, will give Christians the best perspective on death that they will find anywhere. Wow, anywhere. Okay, because Paul, you know, that's okay. where Paul says, "Okay, if I live or die, whatever, it really doesn't matter to me." Now, if I live, it'll better, better, better for you, Philippians. I right. can minister to you and help disciple you. But if I die, it's actually better for me. Yeah. Because I get to, quote, depart and be with Christ. Yeah. What's that called? Perspective. Yeah. He had an eternal perspective, not a temporal, immediate perspective. Sean, if we could develop that, it would change everything. Right. If if I could really live every day like that, people around me would love me. (laughs) You know? Because... (laughs) I, I would, I would just be. Hey, it's going to work out. Yeah, you know, I it, I would lighten the load of people rather than put a burden on people.
1: Right, right. You know, as as you were saying, perspective, seeing through. You're wearing glasses right now, and you uh, you have to actually use those glasses in order to read what's on your desk right now, and so it, it is. I think about um, the the spectacles of faith uh, of how it is. God's promises, God's direction, God's reframing—it uh, it does help us to see how. Okay, I, if I get a cancer diagnosis, well, I I can see better through that. It's it's not the end of the road, and if it is the end of the road, I get a brand new road. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, uh, or whatever the case may be, and I I think it's that. What a what a great attitude yes (laughs) okay well in your message you, you offered five specific ways that our attitude should make a difference um so audience you'll have to go back to the message okay and you'll find the notes there too if you look but is there is there a key to having the mindset of christ i mean what what if there's a secret sauce to having a mindset like christ what would that be yeah,
0: I believe it's in a second word you will find in Philippians that pops up. The first word is rejoice and mm-hmm. rejoicing, key, that that's, you, you you need to see everything through that perspective, the lens of rejoicing. But the second key word that pops up all the way through Philippians, whatever. Hmm. It's amazing how many times Paul says, whatever. Wow. So uh, if I live or die, Paul says, well, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, um, you know, if I, in the last chapter, he says, okay, if I have a little or a lot, yeah, whatever, I've learned to be content. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And if we would develop this whatever, and when I say the word whatever, it's not in a, who cares about you or the world, you know, you go to hell in a handbasket, I don't care.
1: Yeah.
0: That's not Paul's whatever. Right.
1: That's important. Yeah.
0: His whatever is a very mature whatever of saying, Literally, if I live or die, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. God wants to do, is fine with me. Whatever happens, Paul knew his ultimate destination was secure. It was in the hands of God. And I tell you what, it reminds me of Sean. You know, you, you know, I love sports. Yeah. And my wife loves sports. Yeah. And so, but there's a very seldom do we ever get to watch a game on TV live. Because we're always tied up with other things. So praise God for recording. (laughs) One of the greatest gifts of God that he ever gave man or woman uh, (laughs) is the gift of recording. So Uh we record games all the time. And we try not to find out who won the game before we watch the recording. But invariably somebody will walk up and they'll say you know, something like, Well, I can't believe it. The Cowboys came back and won. (laughs) And we go... Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, Sean? We'll still watch the game, but it changes the perspective when you know who won the game. Right, right. It changes everything. Now, there may be moments that you have a temporary moment of amnesia and you forget, oh, oh no, look, oh, we're going to lose. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, somebody already told us that we won. Yeah. It's like watching a recorded game when you already know the outcome. Yeah. And so Paul was able to say, I know the outcome. I know in the end we win. I know in the end I'm secure in my relationship with God. I have a home in heaven. So because of that, whatever happens between now and the end of the game
1: doesn't change the score. Yeah. We win. Right. Certainly Certainly, the Lord had that attitude. Oh. Of uh, and, and I think that it's important. I, I appreciate what you said earlier that... Sometimes people say whatever in like a passive aggressive kind of way, you know, whatever, you know, you know, who cares? Right, right. But that is not obviously what you were saying. And I appreciate that, that differentiation.
0: Well, and you mentioned the mindset of Jesus. How do, how do we have the mindset of Christ? Remember the passage in Hebrews that says about Jesus who for the joy set before him, what? Endured Endured the the cross.
1: cross. Yeah. Isn't
0: that interesting? What was the joy set before him? That was his eternal perspective. Jesus knew the end score.
1: Yeah. He
0: knew that in the end he would be raised from the dead. Yeah. And because he knew the end from the beginning, he was able to endure unbelievable difficult circumstances and difficult people
1: Yeah,
0: for one reason, Sean perspective. So yeah. Jesus was able to say, whatever, yeah, whatever the cross is coming, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll endure it because I know the joy set before me at the end of the road.
1: Yeah. I love that, 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 that Hebrew, I think it's, he goes on to say he endured the cross, scorning, it scorning shame. and shame. <laughs> In other words, he, he yeah. kind of laughed at it. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is the think, best you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: This is, yeah. This is your best shot, Satan. And I mean, you think about that, Sean. Perspective. Yeah. Jesus takes shot, takes Satan's best shot. Yeah. Turns it into the salvation of the world. Yeah. Not bad.
1: Not bad. Not, not bad. bad. It reminds me of one of my favorite stories uh, about Helen Roosevelt, Doctor Hel- Helen Roosevelt, where she was struggling with becoming a missionary, and uh, and so she said, "Well, God, I, I, fine, I'll become a missionary, but I want you to know something." If I'm ever facing death, uh, I am not going to be singing like Paul and Silas. I will not do that. So I, I will be really mad. And so <laughs> it just so happened that, that her where she was at, they were run over, run over by rebels, and it was, it was terrible. She was severely, she was, it was horrible. But she said they were just about to execute them. And, <laughs> and she said, do you know what we were doing while we were tied up to that post? We were rejoicing. We were singing. <laughs> wow. Perspective. Perspective. You know, it's, it's a, it really is quite funny. And uh, Okay. Well, when I think of having the right attitude, I can't help but think of uh, the Lord's own calling to us in Matthew 11, you know, where he says, Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am humble and gentle, uh, or gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. H- how would that help us in having the best attitude? Are, I mean, are there other steps that we have to take to ensure that we have again that mindset of Christ? Anything else that we're missing?
0: Yeah, that, that's a great question. And you know, when Jesus said those words, what a rebuke to the religion of his day! Yeah, you know, the Pharisees—they added burdens. Mm-hmm. They stayed up late at night, coming up with new rules and rituals. Would really be a burden and and a and a weight on people. And Jesus comes and I mean, what a perspective on religion. He says, "Oh no no no, here's real religion. It religion is uh, it lifts a burden. Yeah, it it lifts the yoke off of you that doesn't fit, and it involves peace and rest. What a what a perspective." Now, see, we get this, Sean, when we, again, when we realize what Paul learned is Jesus is for us, not against us. Yes. I hope people understand. Jesus is not that a big uh, heavenly bully mm-hmm. with a big club looking for people to whack on the head every time they do something wrong. Mm-hmm. No, he is for, he's in our corner. It, Jesus is saying in Matthew 11, I've got your back. Yeah. I've got your back. I'm going to help you carry this burden. Now, when you realize that he is for us, not against us, there's only one response to that, and that is rejoice. Rejoicing. So again, you, you mentioned steps. What are some steps? I, I think kind of what we've already talked about, if you will if, if, if people will develop an eternal perspective to really see the end from the beginning, mm-hmm. and you don't have to have the gift of prophecy to Do that. All yeah. you have to do is read your Bible. <laughs> and it, it, you begin to see, oh, all right, we already know the end. Yeah. We know that in Jesus comes back, or if I die, I go to heaven, either way, I win. So we have this divine perspective. We're able to see through difficult circumstances, difficult people, actually see how God could use those for good in our lives and the lives of other people. And when we start living and walking daily with that eternal perspective, here's what will happen. It will lead you automatically, Sean, to a whatever attitude Yeah. of whatever happens today, it may not be on my calendar, it may not be on my agenda, but uh, whatever happens, God will use it for good.
1: I think that uh, one of the most important, obviously as disciples, we, we discipline is a, a part of who we are, and one of the most important disciplines that a disciple has is, is that daily walk with God. And, and so, you know, we, different traditions have called it a quiet time. Uh, other traditions call it the daily office. And, and I know that uh, the other day I was, I, was, I was trying to think of that verse. Um, I can't think of the address, but, I, but the gist of it is in, uh, in repentance and rest is your salvation and quietness and trust is your strength. And and I do you know where that is? No, I don't. Yeah, me neither. But I promise you, folks, it's in the Bible. So <laughs> somewhere, it's somewhere in there. Uh, uh, so if you're listening, and, and you can Google that, and you can call me out. But anyway, uh, I thought that that really is important to just, as you said, settle myself, settle myself in the the promises of God, on the deliverance of God, on the direction of God, and and I think that that attitude. It just kind of falls into place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When we don't do that, uh, I'll just speak for myself. When I don't do that, when I don't have those times of quiet and prayer and meditation and just thinking, when I don't have those, Sean, in my life, my brain gets cluttered. Yeah. I I feel like, if not my literal, my spiritual blood pressure goes up. Yeah. Um, I just get anxious and edgy and I've noticed that when I take that time it settles me. Yeah. But it's the only thing how do you get how do you get settled? It's when you realize that that my life with God is settled. That's a settled issue. Once I understand I'm secure, then I don't worry about the stuff and so it quits spinning around in my brain keeping me awake at night yeah. and
1: ruining my day. Right. Now of course we talk about that those spiritual basic spiritual disciplines in class 201 which we just had, yeah. but you can come back through it, I think in, what, July or, or August or something yeah. like that. Um, but uh, and by we, the way... And
0: we call that class Discovering Maturity. Yeah.
1: That's a big part of
0: maturing as a human being and as a disciple of Christ, getting to the place where you're practicing the habits... That are going to give you an eternal perspective. Yeah.
1: By the way, that's Isaiah thirty fifteen. So I just... Ah, thank you for finding that. Yeah. Now we can sleep tonight. You know, Google, I didn't know they were Christians. Okay, so what, what are, let's think about it from a different perspective. And I think we've already kind of looked at these, but maybe I missed a couple. Um, what are some attitude killers that we might unwittingly allow in our lives that short-circuit our desire to have a mindset of Jesus Christ?
0: I would say, first of all, Sean, the opposite of perspective
1: mm-hmm. is
0: short-sightedness. Ooh. When you have a spiritual short-sightedness in your life, you, you see only what's in front of you. you know, again, you don't have perspective. You don't see through. You see at. You look at. And when you look at something, it looks enormous and overwhelming. And whether it's a difficult circumstance or a difficult person in your life, it's just that short-sightedness. And the, the second thing I would say, Sean, is people really have to be careful about their influences. Mm. Like, who's, who or what is influencing you? Negative, pessimistic influences can, can make you short-sighted. Yeah. And it can be negative, pessimistic people. Yeah. It, it could be books we read, movies we watch. Sean, social media very often certain oh. aspects of social media have it's been proven that it can drive a person to suicide,
1: yeah, and
0: especially young people who get on social media, they are negative things, pessimistic things, and then all of a sudden, there are bullies that are negatively impacting that person personally, yeah you know direct attacks, and it can drive a person to severe depression right so. You know, it's the old joke I use around here quite often. The guy goes into the doctor and says, Doctor, I broke my arm in three places. What should I do? And the doctor says, stay out of those three places. <laughs> we, got, we Places are people. Negative. Uh, stay clear. Yeah. Sean, I'm not going to give a, a list, but there are certain people that I know yeah. that are in close proximity. That's as far as I'm going to go. And... <laughs> I just have to stay clear. I'm kind. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, hey, how you doing? But I don't have lunch with them. Yeah. Because if I do, they're just going to be that negative, negative, pessimistic, sour person. And by the way, you can spot these people on social media Mm -hmm. because they're always talking about how bad things are. Yeah. Yeah. And you can always tell when it's, oh, I didn't, I couldn't sleep last night. I go, I don't care about your sleep habits. Come on, come on. Or, oh, I had a horrible day. Or I've got a hangnail. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, get over it. Yeah. Get over it.
1: Stay clear of negative influences. Right, right. You know, I, I couldn't help but think about the, the, the short-sightedness. And I think that because of the sinful nature, all of us really are myopic. I mean, we, we're all short-sighted. We require, it is required of us to, to take the glasses of faith. When we, we thought I thought it was the shield of faith, but it's really the glasses it of is. faith, isn't it?
0: It really is,
1: and uh, and so uh, who knew that it could be the shield for us? But glasses can be shields too. So amen. All right. Well, what would happen? Let's let's look at this from a much broader perspective uh, in our community. What would happen if Christ's followers everywhere they had the attitude, the mindset of Jesus Christ? Why is it crucial for the local church to make this? An everyday priority. Well, first of all, the Christians, the church
0: members would would immediately realize the brevity of life and the length of eternity. Yeah. When you realize the brevity of life, you know, James says, man, it's here today, gone tomorrow. It's like a, whew, a, it's a, a, a breath of wind and then it's gone. That's how quickly life departs. And so just helping people understand, listen, life is short. Life is short, but eternity is long. So if you're going to put your eggs in a basket, put it in the eternal basket, not the brevity basket. So having that, again, I use that word over and over again, but perspective, uh, just giving, giving yourself that opportunity of saying, you know, I'm going to quit worrying about all the trivial pursuits. And I'm I'm really gonna focus in on the eternal things. Yeah. And then you say what would happen? Sean, here's what would happen. And Paul brings it out in Philippians. All of a sudden Christians would be influencing their negative world. Yeah. We live in a very negative, pessimistic, hopeless world full of despair. Yeah. And all of a sudden you would be dropping Christians in Business, in education, in government, you name it, all these different arenas of life. And what does Paul say? He said, Here's the challenge. If you will develop this attitude, you will shine like stars in a wicked and depraved generation. Yeah. There's the contrast. Yeah. So, when are Christians going to shine the brightest? Not when they're gathered on Sunday morning in a church with other shining stars. No, it's when you're out there in the world and you're the only
1: Yeah. The only light. Yeah.
0: You are the only shining person. And the key is how can you be in those environments and say, Hey, I'm not gonna let the environment bring me down. I'm gonna shine. Yeah. And how do you shine? Attitude. Yeah. Attitude, attitude, attitude shine. That's where Christ can shine his light into every aspect of of our culture.
1: Well, that's excellent. That's so excellent. You know what's amazing is that I read not that long ago that um, that you can still. I mean, we don't use it very much because of GPS and things like that in terms of navigation. But because of the placement that God placed of the stars in the sky, you can navigate. You can literally navigate. I once heard of a of a fighter pilot that. For whatever reason, he lost all his electronic navigation, but he was able to see the stars and get himself back, which is crazy to think about. So it's a good thing that he taught him that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that is, as you just said, I mean, what are Christians supposed to be in the world if not navigation points for people to lead to, their, to our Creator?
0: Yeah, and, and really the, the response should be in the world, hey, I'm lost. But I'm going to use you as a star to navigate me back to being found.
1: Yeah. Wow. Excellent. All right, everybody. Shine like stars. All right. Well, Rick, we've come to that point of our podcast where it's my favorite time of the podcast where we will talk about Rick's quote of the week. All right. So, Rick, what do you got for us today?
0: Well, uh, I wanted to find somebody who really had and was known for having a great positive attitude. Uh-huh. And the old coach, the late coach John Wooden, oh. the coach of the UCLA Bruins for many years, mm. uh, won uh, like 10 national championships. Yeah. But you, if you, people who have interviewed his players just say, John Wooden changed my attitude. Yeah. And, and it gave me a whole new perspective on basketball and life and everything else. But John Wood, great champion on attitude because John Wood knew. If you're going to adjust your attitude, John, it takes humility. Hmm. If you're a know-it-all, you're going to think, well, I can't change. I've always been this way. I'm a negative person. My parents were negative. My grandparents were negative. It's in my DNA. I'm just an old, bitter, grouchy person. <laughs> well, it takes humility to say, no, you can change. Here's the great quote. It's what you learn after you know it all that counts. Ooh, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. You may think you know it all, but you don't know, you it, don't all. know it all. <laughs> you don't know it all. And with humility, you can learn a lot about attitude. Wow, wow.
1: That says a lot from John Wooden. Yeah. The know-it-all basketball coach so and okay. he never
0: stopped learning yeah till the day
1: he died okay okay very 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 wise well what else is happening here at grace
0: well th- we're continuing this getting a grip and we're going to look at a, a very important area our work mm. you know how do you get a grip on your work that would be your job and even even if people are out there and they go well i'm retired i don't go to work every day." There's still work to be done. Yeah. And you you if you're married you got a honeydew list. I know that. I know yeah. that immediately. But how how do you approach work? Do you approach work looking at it as in a negative light or is your work boring or unfulfilling? That's what this message is all about. How can I find meaning and fulfillment and maybe, Sean, maybe even joy in my job? Even if maybe in the past I haven't found those things, what kind of adjustments can I make to really enjoy going to work and seeing it something that God can use?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And another thing, uh, Sean, I want you to talk about this because Sunday, May the 1st, is a big day here at Grace. What is happening in our east parking lot. Oh my goodness.
1: We are having Dia de Mayo, okay? Not Cinco de Mayo. Not Cinco de Mayo, Dia de You see, more important, and it comes four days before that. So uh, we, we recognize here at Grace that uh, that millenn- the millennial generation and, and Gen Z, that that almost 7 out of 10 uh, of this generation are cl- are claiming themselves to be nuns. And I don't mean like the Catholic ladies with the funny hats. I mean they they have no particular religion and uh and so of course that, that's something that that really concerns us they need to know uh about the gospel of jesus christ and so there are a number of millennials that come to grace but but as you have already found out this is really your idea but but uh, they, they don't know each other very well and so we want to kind of create an event where they can kind of see each other and get to know each other but then also to help them say you know what don't wait until you think you're the the generation that, that is in charge, know that you have ministry right now that you could be doing. So, But we're not there yet. We're just yeah. going to get together and have a lot of fun that day.
0: So this Sunday morning, May the 1st, from 1045 to 12, if people come who are in their 20s and 30s, yes. what can they expect? Well,
1: we're going to have lots of fun parking lot type games, kind of like tailgate type games. But the best part is we're going to have... Uh, about four or five food trucks out there and if you are in that age category let us know who you are you're going to get a free pass into the food trucks so
0: they get a free meal on us
1: that's right that's right now you don't rick because you're too old
0: but i understand that at 12 o'clock when i dismiss second service anybody even old people like me we can hit the food trucks As long as we have money in our pocket. That's
1: right. That's right. So that's why I have budgeted 20 bucks just for this event so I can eat for myself. And I'm going to be there.
0: Hey, and the cool thing is you can uh, grab the food and eat right there, or you can grab it and go either way. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's right. So we want to support also our food trucks in Roswell. We think that's a great, great uh, investment that people have made in food trucks. So it's going to be a lot of fun, 20s and 30s. Come on out, it's gonna be a great idea to
1: buy That's right, that's right. So 1045 when you, if you're in that age bracket and 12 o'clock for everybody else. So uh, yeah, everybody really is invited after 12, so it'll be fun. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been
0: encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at rosalgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash. Please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to
1: rosalgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.